What is up, Sam Fam? Here we go again, talking about a word that is going to affect all of our lives. What is that? Impact. Our actions have an impact. And so we're going to get into the meat of that today, all right? Grab you something to eat and something to drink, and let's talk. What is up, y'all? It's your boy Sam here from Talking with Sam, y'all. Let me tell you about a product that I've been using for years now, y'all. You've heard me talk about it on the show a couple of times, talking about Ooh La La Skincare. Yes, that's Ooh La La Skincare, y'all. I love it so much. It makes me feel amazing. You know, when I was growing out my beard, I literally needed something that was going to let my beard grow strong, but also gave it the uh, look that it needs. Y'all know, y'all fellas know about those beards. Yep, yep. And you sister. You know about your hair. Come on, you can put it in your hair. And also, like if you want to exfoliate, they have a sugar scrub for you. They have lip balm. They have so many different items that y'all, I can't even tell you all of them. So go ahead, go over to doyouulala.com to get yours today. Again, that's doyouulala.com. That's D-O-U-O-O-H-L-A-L-A.com and get yours today. And be sure to let them know you're part of the Sam Fam. What is up, Sam fam? It is an amazing opportunity to be back with you yet again for another episode of Talking with Sam. And today, you know, we're going to talk about something that literally happens no matter what. We're talking about the word impact. Yes, I-M-P-A-C-T, impact. To Like, you know, let's just dive right in right here with it. Whenever you look at when you look up the word impact, it has two different types of meanings. You have the noun and you have the verb. And yes, the noun version is also in the verb version as well. But the noun version is the act of one object coming forcibly into contact with another. That's the noun. As well as you have the verb version, which is the first one in the verb says to come in contact, to come into forcible contact with another object. And you also have the second part of the verb version. It says a strong effect to on someone or something. That's what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about both of them. Um, let's start with like you know the strong effect of having some like the strong effect on someone or something. This is the one that we deal with on a regular basis and we don't really talk about. You know, as people, we walk around this great beautiful earth that we've been given, and some of us don't realize the impact that we have. We have influences that are beyond our measure. And one of the actual synonyms for impact is the influence of a thing. And so, you know, when you impact the like the, your surrounding, your circle, your friend group, your relationship at work, you know, your coworkers, whether good or bad, you have the ability to impact their life in either a positive manner, a neutral manner, or a negative manner. And you say, Sam, I've never heard a neutral manner. That just means like you worked with them and there was neither good or bad. They're like, a, there are a bunch of people I've worked with and it's been a neutral experience. Like, you know, I like them and there are some that I work with that I like more than others. There's some that I've worked with that I don't like more than others. I don't like them more than the neutral. I don't like them at all, actually. But because they had a negative influence on me. But yeah, they had a strong effect on me and it was not good. I'm going to go back to the basics for me. When it talks about impact, I look at my childhood for a lot of different things. And in my childhood, I was very fortunate to grow up in a school that actually most of the teachers knew who I was. Like, you know, like I, I, well, I was in their class, let me say they, they knew who I was. They knew my personality and they knew what issues I had and what issues I was going to be. Um, 
and the impact that they had on my lives, some of them was horrible. Yes, it was a negative impact on me. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to call them out because it could be kind of rude and you never know. They might be listening to me and they may have changed at this point in life out of me. I don't know. I'm not in their class anymore. But they, I remember this one teacher, you know, talking about somebody who is like clinically dyslexic. Like I had a teacher tell me how stupid because I couldn't read what was in front of me. Like, how dumb are you is what she asked me. And I mean, and you you know your boy Sam over here said some choice words back to her, and I ended up getting in trouble. And but my grandmother supported me and saying, "Hey, I understand why he said what he said because it was so disrespectful for you to say how dumb how dumb are you?" Um, that negative impact, the fact that I'm almost thirty five, and I still remember that story as if it was yesterday. I mean, it that's the impact that it had. It had a strong effect on me. To where I literally helped change the course of my um, of, of my education. I literally I said, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm gonna focus as hard as I can on having like you know on reading. I'm gonna focus on this because math was easy, but reading was like, oh my god, here we go again, another book that I do not want to read, and they are pretty much forcing me to. Nobody really wants that. I mean, the truth, like nobody really wants that. If you're like me. There are people who are avid readers, and I'm so thankful to have some friends who are avid readers. Like they love reading, and yeah, more power to them. <laughs> more power to them. I love them, and I'm happy I have them in my circle to tell me what is in that book. Because if it's not in a movie, which most movies are not the same as books, I would not have known what's going on, and yeah, so on and so forth on that. But that was what the impact of that negative teacher had. But I also had some really positive teachers, like teachers like Mr. Neal, Mr. Street, Mr. Still, and Ms. Page. Like, you know, they all taught me something different. You know, Mr. Neal, he taught me discipline. He said, hey, you know, you're going to have to learn some things about life, and they're not going to be comfortable whenever you're learning them. They're not going to be comfortable while you're in this situation. But guess what? It's going to give you a foundation to stand on that you're hold fast to what you believe. You hold fast to what you've been taught. You hold fast and saying, hey, we say hold fast. That means pretty much holding on to like your core values and not saying that he taught me my core values. He taught me how to stand on my core values. Like, for example, in his classroom, there was the core value that you did not talk out of time, out of turn, excuse me. You did not do that. Why? Because he respects everybody's time to talk. And whenever you're talking while somebody else is talking, that is saying that their time is not important. Their words are not important. They're, you know, he believed that there was no dumb question except for the question not asked. And he wanted to make sure that everybody had the opportunity to ask what they really needed to know. And he focused on the respect value, respect value in life and helped us learn the discipline of holding that fast and holding that near and dear to our heart. And then when I got to high school, I joined the gospel choir with Mr. Street, and Mr. Street taught me that no matter what people may say about you, to keep moving forward, to keep going after your goal, to keep going after your goal and like learning these, I just repeated myself, I know, my bad, um, like in learning certain different things. He taught me how to use my talents of like putting, composing things together. Matter of fact, one of the very programs that I used to produce this podcast, I learned in his class. 
And it's amazing because, like, you know, that was literally 20 years ago now. And I'm here still holding on to this core value that I have. This core value. And it's because I have someone like Mr. Street who gave me that foundation of saying, hey, go for your goal. And we're going to learn how to use new applications in life, even if you may not understand them, but you have the ability to learn them as you go. And then Mr. Steele was a he was very instrumental into me saying that, you know, hey, there are going to be some things in leadership that you're going to have to do, you know. You're going. You may have a boss that you may not like. You have a boss you may that may make some poor decisions, and you have to back him up. And I'm not saying he made poor decisions. He were having those conversations with me, because there are times that I had leaders that didn't do anything inside of Deca, and I was like complaining to him about it. He said, "Hey, well, you can make the change. You can. All you got to do to make a change in Deca, you have to get enough votes to become president yourself." If that's really what you want. And I was like, man, Mr. Steele, I don't got time for that. That means I got to put up posters. I got to do a whole campaign. And he said, okay, so you're telling me you're wasting my time by not making a change and, and marketing yourself to where you are the product and people can believe in you. And so Mr. Steele taught me to go after, make myself appealable to the people that I want. You know, if you think politically, they do the same thing. They try to trash down other people while building up themselves. But really, you don't have to trash talk nobody else. Be who you are, baby. Be who you are. Do what you do. That's what Mr. Steele taught me. I will never forget. Um, we had this sports marketing two class, and I was very fortunate that one of my cousins was in there, and me and him are super competitive. And they, he, Mr. Steele splits into two groups. And what was funny was we were literally – the leaders of, but he was the leader of his group. I was the leader of mine. And we came up with these uh, productions. We literally had like literally a full advertisement for it. And I remember that year they were going to cancel field day at school. And we were in high school and like, y'all field day was that one day where you end up the, at the, let me talk again. Field day was that one day where you did not want to get it canceled. Cause like field day was so fun. It was so much fun. Like, you got to play water games. You got to play tug of war. You got to chill. Like, and so what we decided was that we were like come up with two different events for field day because they were going to cancel it. And we had to pres- make a whole game plan, a whole marketing plan for field day. And Mr. Steele said we thought it was just a project at first. But Mr. Steele literally made us present it to the principal who then, in hindsight, <laughs> decided to use, uh, to use, he said, we can mix both of them together. And so at that point, you have two strong, strong opinionated people. And what was crazy, this class was all dudes. So, like, all of us are athletes, all of us are type A personalities. And you have me and my cousin who are competitive now. We have to merge things together, which was unmovable. It was the first time that our school had ever had a self published commercial over the intercom yeah like the thing i mean yes back in the day they didn't do that y'all i hate to say back in the day because this literally has almost been 20 years um it's been 15 at this point um i think 15 16 i'm not counting and i don't want to but like literally he pushed us to do that right there so the impact that he had 
on our lives, we still remember that to this day by teaching us to keep moving forward and, you know, present yourself in the light to where it can cause other people to do something that they didn't realize they were doing. We do this both positive, positively and negatively, and we don't even realize it. And then like another, I said Miss Page as well. Miss Page is the one who taught me consistency when it comes to things. She said, hey, Sam, you know, you're such an amazing leader. You should try to do like more than just DECA. You should try to show that consistency throughout the entire school and help. And so I was like, Miss Page, I don't got time for that. I don't like people like that, which was a whole lie. And like, you know, like literally like she was like, Sam, like be consistent Represent who you are at all times, not just because somebody else says something. You don't change your personality for that. You got to be who you are. And if who you are is a good thing, cool. It's who you are is a bad thing, cool. It's who you are. And only you can make that change of who you are. Only you can influence yourself to do something great. So I've said all this about Mr. Neil, Mr. Street, Mr. Still, Miss Page. Saying these are the impacts that they had on my life for Mr. Neil. It literally was 20, almost 25 years ago. For Mr. Steele and Mr. Street and Ms. Page, it was like 20 years ago. You know, like 15 years ago, excuse me. Like it's crazy that these impacts have carried this long. But even before that, think about my grandmother. My grandmother has been there since I was born, you know, and the impact that she has on my life still to this day is just as strong. And it's important for us to have the understanding of how these childhood impacts move us forward. My grandmother, you know, I love her, but she made sure that I had a love for church. I had a love for like, you know, different things that I like to do. Like I love sports. I had the love for work. They taught her and my grandfather taught me about work and they said they said Amanda don't work, don't eat. And one day, literally, my grandmother my grandfather told me to go outside, work in the field. I went outside. I was like, it's too hot. I'm not gonna work in the field. And I told him, Hey, I don't think I'm gonna work in the field today. It's a little bit too warm for me. So my grandfather had her cook my favorite meal that night. And at that time, y'all, it was fried pork chops. Nobody make them like my grandma. Oh, my goodness. My mouth is watering. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Fried pork chops, mashed potatoes, and green beans. And, boy, my grandma makes homemade gravy, and she makes homemade biscuits. Y'all, that meal right there, I love my partner to the moon and back, but he can't make it like that. He knows he can't make it like my grandmother. And, I mean, I I don't expect him to because they're two different people. They come from two different walks of life. But my grandmother, like, oh, she made it that night. And she made enough for everybody except me. Why? Because my grandfather said, a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. And I'm I'm like, granddaddy, though, but like, why do everybody else get him and I don't? That's not fair. That's not the, like, that's not the American way. He said, a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. So nobody's going to give you anything in life. So you have to work for it. And every since then, I have literally been working. When I was 14, I had a job, and I was talking to my friends, um, Rashad, J.D., and um, and J.D.'s wife, Kira, and we're talking about, like, how much we made on our first jobs, and they're talking about one said $4.25, and the other one said $7. I said, well, I was a little bit bougie because my first job gave me $11 an hour to keep score. 
um, for Parks and Rec. And they're like, what? To flick a button? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I was like so heartbroken whenever other people were said, we'll give you $7.25. No, the Parks and Rec give me 11 Why? I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, and the impact that that had on my life, I had an expectation to be receiving $11. I mean, what's sad is we're still trying to get people to get $11 today in 2022. And this was in twenty in 2002. Let's think about that. I was making $11 in 2002 as a kid. And now, like, I'm like, yo, the impact that that job had on my life was it's still, like, to this day, I'm like, I hold myself to a higher value. I expect to get more money than what some people were willing to offer. I mean, I have going back to jobs and be like, hey, this is where I am. This is what I expect, blase, blase. And they've gone up. Most of them have matched what I said. Um, I only had one that lowballed me, and I told them I couldn't do it. And then they came back, and they tried to get closer, but they didn't get close enough. So they didn't even reach my bottom dollar. But, like, the impact that that first job, that my family, that my teachers, and all of them have had on my life has been literally a strong effect on me. And so let's think about this. I've talked about some negative impacts. I talked about the teachers who called me dumb. I talked about the experiences that I've had about being like, you know, feeling stupid. But I've also had experiences on a religious base where like, you know, when you are, when you grew up in a church and you grew up in a rural church as that, and then like in a rural community and you are part of the like, you know, LGBTQIA family. People talk their junk. People just like are just ruthless. And, you know, you talk if you listen to my millennials cousins episode, you found out that I ran in heels at church one day because I forgot to take them off. And but saying that there were some people who said some horrible things, horrible things. What kind of human being can look at a kid? Because, I mean, yeah, these um, these kids who are who, who may come out may come out young as nine. But they may be like when I came out, I was like 14, 15 and for some people, 16, but most people, 14, 15. And like, they were calling me all sorts of names. They called me the F word. And then they were calling me a, a sissy, a homo. And like I'm like, hey, I mean, at the end of the day, my personality back then was that like, I didn't give two flying Fs about what was going on, what you were saying. But it did have an impact on my life. And it wasn't the impact that needed to be had at that moment. I was very fortunate to like have a family that loved me, that's a positive impact. But the negative impact was some of the religious people that I had to deal with. I literally, some people I went to church with said things and I will never repeat them because it's not even worth the time of day because I remember the impact that it had on my life. I don't want to force that energy into anybody's ears because it's not fair to like, because I remember what I felt like when I had it and I don't want you to feel that same way because it can make you feel some type of way. And I literally, it had such an impact, what they said on me, that I started searching out for something different. I said, if this is the God that you serve, I don't want to have any parts of it because it's rude. He like It's rude and it's unacceptable to be this mean. So I started practicing Buddhism with one of my dear friends. And oh my goodness, what Buddhism taught me was that I have the ability to understand Christianity a little bit more. 
That's what it taught me. Some of the same principles are in the same book. A lot of people look at Buddhism as in the statues and stuff like that. But really, the Buddhism, Buddhism taught me what energy you put out is the same energy that you receive back. You know, literally, we think about, you know, in the church world, in the religious of the Christianity world, it says what you reap, you shall sow. What you sow, you shall reap. So if you sow good seeds, you reap good seeds. If you sow bad seeds, you reap bad seeds. I mean, you know, that that's true that it happens that way. And so there are some things in life that we really need to make sure that we're putting out the energy that we want. And Buddhism taught me that. And when I went to the SGI for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, these people are really nice. But then I started to think, oh, everybody's nice when you first go there. Ah, darn. They're going to be mean to me next time. And then I went to another meeting. They were nice. I then went to another meeting, and they were nice. And I kept going, and the niceness was literally there. And I felt loved so much to the point to where I literally start practicing. In my room, my grandmother, this diehard Christian woman, is now having a full-blooded Buddhist grandchild who is a homosexual Darn, man. That must suck for her. You know why? Because, yeah, her baby boy is gay. And the church, and he ain't even practicing Christianity. So all these church folks are going to have a whole attitude about what's going on. And, you know, really, they didn't even have the opportunity to say nothing because they were not that important to me. And so it's important that we literally, like, you know, all when I'm saying all this to say, whenever we had that point, where they were rude to me, it pushed me to a whole different level. Buddhism never did anything wrong to me to make me start practicing Christianity again or Christendom. Um, For some people who say it that way, Buddhism just taught me, like, you know, my core values were more along the lines. I love the experience of Christianity, of, like, the worship style. Um, You know, it taught me more of, like, you know, the community and some of the core values in the Bible. And from there... It taught me a positive relationship with, you know, with different people. And then I started going to different churches and some, like, when I started back practicing again and Christianity again, and some churches were still horrible, still horrible. I mean, I will never forget, like, I had literally a pastor's wife ask me, do you want to be a fag? I hate using that word. She asked me that. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding, man? This is supposed to be a person who represents God. This is supposed to be like one of the people that put themselves on a pedestal. Or sometimes I even I put them on a pedestal. I mean, you know, I said, oh, she's a pastor's wife, so she should know. But really, you know, they don't know. They don't know. There are people, too. They're trying to learn their way through life as well as we are. And we look to them to be an expert in this thing. And really, they're not. They may have missed the mark, and it's okay if they missed the mark because that's who they—that's what they've done, and they're gonna have their own experience, and they're gonna have to learn from there. But I can allow their negative energy to impact me in that way. I gotta take learn how to take their negative energy and reroute it to positive energy. I love them still to this day. I do. I promise you, I do. And just because I don't associate with them anymore, doesn't mean that they—they're not 
excuse me, let me change this, how I'll say this. Just because I do not associate it with them anymore does not mean that they have not had an impact on my life, both positive and negative. They're more along the lines of the, they're a little bit more closer to the negative, but they're more neutral, I'll say that. And then I've had experiences like, you know, with my pastor now who is amazing and like, you know, he's so loving and he's so gentle with understanding humans um, because of his profession. And I'm not talking about profession and being a pastor, but more that the counselor and all that to where he's so gentle, but so like he believes wholeheartedly with what his core values and his convictions and he knows what to do. Like, I love him to the for that. And he's like, he has such an amazing, positive impact on me. I'm not saying that he's like, God, and we've never had a bad experience together. We've had some tough conversations together and some conversations that may have been uncomfortable um, for both of us. But at the end of the day, we knew that the conversation was coming from a place of love, not a place of judgment. He said, judge not lest you be judged. He said, Sam, how can I talk about the sawdust that's in your eyes? And you have a plank in, I have a plank in mine, a two by four in mine. That's a um, biblical, like, you know, analogy that he gave me. And I'm, he's like, I'm still, he's like, I'm still working through life as well. And we got to take responsibility for the impact that we have on each other's lives. That's what he taught me, y'all. And I'm like, yo, man, that's an amazing out, uh, experience to have. And then from there, you guys, let me tell you, we've had so many more experiences of talking with each other and getting to understand where we are in life and that's just one and then i have another experience of another positive impact is with like you know whenever with coaching cheerleading some of my athletes are not the most skilled that's that's just who they are but guess what i don't care if they're the most skilled or not i care that they can be good humans and being a good human means that they're able to accept criticism accept the correction and learn how to apply it. And then once we've talked about that right there, they begin to become talented athletes. They begin to get, you know, like, what's the word I can use? Like, like they become amazing. That's literally the best word I can use right now. And they're like, I become flabbergasted at the words that they use and at the like stunts that they do, their tumbling, their timing of everything. It's amazing to see that come to life and to see these athletes move forward and you know the the in the well let me change the word um, i need to slow down y'all please forgive me you can tell it's been a minute but like some of the words that like I, that come to mind and like to the things that we've done is just like i said amazing and we have like the influence the we have the ability to influence their lives like stronger than ever and for example we have i've told you last on the last episode about season the chicken. That's how literally that phrase impacted my life so much that I wouldn't get a. Sh- I got a shirt that said it, and then we kept going on. We kept building off of that. Hey, literally give them a show. Tell them to pe- like tell them the audience to come and watch this routine. You want to see what we're about to do for you. We're about to be the real queens on this floor, and we're going to let you know exactly who we are. And that is some of the things that like you know that I personally taught them. There are other, there are other people who taught them the same similar things, but we have like literally us as coaches have had an impact on these kids lives that would never be the same. I mean, I re, I will never forget getting a message from a parent and like, you know, literally we literally 
have to like be cautious of everything that we do. Because I remember I fussed at this kid one night, and then like her mom was like, "Hey, like what's what happened?" And you know, when it comes to our gym, our, we do everything through the owners. That way, they you know they know everything that's happening. And so I, let, I told the owners what happened, and they send it back to her um, to her mother. And her mom ended up sending me like literally thirteen eleven days later. Excuse me. Her mom sends me a message says, "I just want to let you know this week this weekend meant the world to me and her both. The past two weeks have been a whirlwind of emotions for the entire team and for her. Um, whenever she comes home in tears, sometimes it, it, it lets me. It hurts me that I can't answer all her, her questions." But it's obvious that um, it puts my emotions on high alert. And I want you to know I see you. But when I, when I see you as a coach also love her harder than you ever have or that she's ever been coached, it makes my mama heart t- cry up and it filled with emotions because now I get to see the very same hardness that she's had on the in practice. She has the very same hardness or if not more and love on the floor when she competes. You treat her you treat her just as hard as you do other athletes who've been doing this for years and you made her step up to be the queen that she can be. Thank you for being an amazing role model for her and she will forever remember you. And I will never forget once I got that message, I said, you know what? This is the impact that I want to have on my kids' lives. This right here, y'all. You know, I really love making sure my kids are good. And so having a good impact that's going to influence their lives in a positive manner. Nobody, will, I don't want to be that person that causes to cause another person stupid like that. Like it makes my skin boil whenever I hear an adult talk crap about a kid, and you know, a kid who's also less fortunate than them. It's like, I'm like, yo, man, you grown? Like, oh, sis, you grown? Like, shut up! Literally, shut the beep up. Yes. Like it really makes it irritates me, but whenever I see people who take the time with kids and say, "Hey, you know what? I understand we're going through a tough time, but you can get through this." So you know, I'm all about giving you homework and giving you something to try to apply what's what we're talking about here and today's impact. I want you to go. And last week we talked about go to somebody else's life, um, somebody you don't like, and uh, and like you know try to encourage them. This time I want you to go to someone. And ask ask them, how have I impacted your life? How have I been an influence on your life? And see whether you like the answer or not. Don't just go to your best friend. Go to people who you may not care for or they may not care for you. Because this is where you're going to see the real impact. You're going to see the growth opportunities in those people. Because you say, hey, I have the ability to, to make a change now. And say, hey, you know what? They didn't like me in the beginning, but now they love me. And why not not to be narcissistic, but to say, hey, now they love me. We've built a relationship that has some substance. All right, Sam fam, until next time, be the best version of yourself because you are going to impact the world in a major way. All right, and don't forget, your impact has an influence.